TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the DWI podcast. It is called that because I just decided to steal another notch for the show. But I am joined as always. Well, not as always. I'm joined by DJ from Mindless Wrestling Podcast and Dave from Attitude of Aggression. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun with the Big Four. We have our own group check on, and with everything going on with Vince McMahon and what happened at the Royal Rumble press conference, we wanted to kind of jump in here and give our thoughts mainly on that. We want to get into some of what's going to happen, the drizzle-down effect of CM Punk being out, and then maybe we'll get into a little bit of Royal Rumble at the end of it. But the main two things, we want to talk about that press conference, that Vince McMahon stuff that happened there, and the Punk's injury. Guys, how's it going? Good to see you both. Dave, how you doing, bud? Oh, pretty good, man. It's uh like really nice out today, like 74 degrees oh, and we're whatever. getting um, another winter storm is going to come in and rain for like six days in a row. So it's it's like an anomaly. I actually like played hooky a little bit yesterday and hit the golf course with a buddy because it was 74 in January here. And you're like, what? All right, let's go. And uh, it was only moderately better than the other day, Tony. Same uh, course, kind of the same result. And I'm here sitting on mounds of snow. DJ joins us as well. Him and I were talking about all the uh, rock festivals and music concerts we want to attend this summer. How you doing, DJ? Uh, to be honest with you, this work week has fallen to shit for me for a variety of reasons. Between COVID, emergency surgeries, and all kinds of shit, half my staff is taken out. Nice thing is there's no snow. We reached a high of about 65 today, which is nice here in Florida. It's a nice, cool, comfortable day. Trying to make the best of it. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, after all the snow we got, I'm just glad it's not snowing here. It's right around 40 degrees, so not too bad. Um, we'll see. But that's, that's what are you going to do? It's winter. It happens, right, guys? That's I mean, Dave's talking about, uh, what, did you had a hurricane? <laughs> I mean, just Last all August. of us. We had a, and, and, and we had a, a, a earthquake here a couple weeks ago, so anything can happen. I mean, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. When it snows in DJ's neck of the woods, then then it's time to yeah, time to call. I have a very pissed off girlfriend if when that we, ever happens. When we start losing our citrus fruits, which happened a, uh, what a decade or so ago, there was a little freeze down there. We lost a bunch of you know I think the yeah price, there were a lot price, of people that didn't recover from that. Prices from uh, like oranges and shit was going up, but anyway. Yep. That's the world we live in. Uh, global warming is real, even if it's colder where you are right now. Uh, it's a scary place man that's all i know all right speaking of scary things to navigate let's get into this press conference i got these both pulled up i think the cody thing is a lot milder and um well let's just let's just hear this this is uh cody rhodes being asked about the rumors and the dark cloud that this could cast over this weekend uh this is post royal rumble cody rhodes i know as far as the news is concerned um we were finding it out and reading the same things that you guys were reading. And you said a dark cloud, certainly. As far as uh, TKO, Nick Khan and the board clearly took it very seriously, uh, acted immediately. And um, looking at the future, you know, I don't know the answer to that. And I think somewhere is a really probably a basic tenet of just this crew more than ever from a roster standpoint is very family never seen anything like this most of the time wrestling locker rooms are fighting talking trash about each other making fun of each other sandbagging each other in the ring all that nonsense this 
this crew is very team-based, and perhaps that's the ingredient, is everyone looking out for everyone, being accountable. Um, and I know for me as a you know, performer and a competitor, I've been through dark periods in our industry before, and it might sound cheesy, but it's very reinforcing, if you're in my position, that it's a time when, hey, we got 50,000 people out here. I wanna give them something else from this weekend that isn't a terrible situation and terrible news. And I think we were able to do that. And obviously, as more news comes out, we'll be seeing it just like you do. Uh, I want to start. I'll start with DJ on on uh, the the Cody comments, and we can start with Dave when we get to the Hunter comments because I think one's a little more legalese than the other one. Um, and DJ, you've been a part of 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 a community uh, a wrestling roster. You know, you you were in the business. What do Cody's words mean to you about how he kind of talked about what you know needs to be done to subjugate things like this in the future? Um, I, what I took from what he had to say was that, you know, WWE as a company, Endeavor as a, you know, conglomerate is starting to navigate through some tricky waters. And you have to feel for the talent who either genuinely did not know what was going on, either by design or by their own, you know, just having the sand negligence and ignoring it. Um, the company is trying to navigate itself out of that water and an important point that he brought up is the talent while they should be aware of what's going on in the company they're in their focus their job should be to entertain the people who paid to be there the people who are paying to watch them on tv you know that should be their focus and and i think you know as a general statement they went out and did that saturday night I think everyone performed at the highest level they could. Um, he is right about, you know, the, the locker room. I've been in some locker rooms and I've been in different locker rooms with different bookers. And some people are very uh, tight with how they run their locker room. Other people, it's a free for all. And, you know, you'll, you'll get guys that do everything that he said they do. They'll sandbag each other in the ring. They'll shit talk each other. Some of it is harmless roasting amongst friends. Some of it is obviously, you know, people trying to dig at other people. And and for him to say, you know, obviously saying the words WWE, the talent is very family oriented now, it is a very politic way of putting things because obviously there are going to be people that don't get along. Not every single person on a roster of 150 people is going to like the other 149 people and vice versa. So, you know, you have to take some of that with a grain of salt. But I thought his answer was uh, it was honest without being too much. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, he, I think the thing we talked about is these guys really didn't want to have to talk about this, but but they no, but they had up, to know it was coming. right. Right. And we talked about that, too. Dave, what do, what do you think? Respond of Cody and, and DJ. Well, I think um, I thought Cody out of the two that we're talking about, I thought Cody handled it a little bit better. And I think Cody handled it more diplomatically than than Hunter did or probably Hunter should have. And we'll talk about that in a minute where, um, you know, Cody really didn't ignore the whole the whole gra the gravity of the situation. He did his best to address it. He talked about acknowledged it was a dark cloud, acknowledged that. Uh, you know, I mean, he says that TKO and the board addressed it immediately. They really didn't. Um, so that, that, that was kind of a misnomer because it was Vince who actually did it on his own. 
But I, I um, had a question for you guys about that in a minute, but go ahead and finish your thought, Dave. Yeah, I, I just thought, you know, he he's talking about because I think it was Nick Hausman who was the first one to ask the question. And we speculated uh, on the big four project, the, the one that we're going to put out pretty soon uh, when we were wondering whether they were going to even have a press conference for the Royal Rumble. And, and in, in hindsight, looking back at this, my thought is you guys should have canceled this because it really served no purpose other than to create a shitstorm of stuff that was going on. Uh, but Bes- you know, I, I thought I th- besides, besides Hunter's answer though, like everything else is fine. Like if Hunter, I mean, like literally if Hunter, we're going to get to it. If Hunter would have said no comment, we yeah. wouldn't even, wouldn't even be talking about this right now. Right. And that's, and yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, you know, I think, I think Cody had a good idea about, cause I think Nick had said, how do we prevent stuff like this from happening Correct. in, in the future? And Cody's belief that, you know, we should look at each other like a family. And he's talking about when, and it's not a stretch of the imagination to realize that he's talking about the AEW yes, locker room. 100%. Yes, he oh, is. That's yeah. exactly it's, what he it's goes into all those things. Yep, the sandbagging and the infighting. Infighting, all that bullshit, people talking trash in the locker room. He knows exactly what he's talking about. And then he compares that to WWE, which we know is much more, you know, if, if not family-oriented for your kids, that sort of thing. They are a family to a lot of a big extent. You don't see this kind of infighting like you got an AEW in WWE because you've got more locker room leaders. And credit the three people on this show for saying when Punk leaves AEW and comes to WWE, it's a completely different ballgame. That kind of shit just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't. And it doesn't happen. And I think and Cody's response to me was very, I'll say this, very EVP-ish. You know, he handled it like he transitioned from, hey, I just won the Rumble and I'm going to go main event WrestleMania into a more uh, official capacity pretty seamlessly, and he did very well with his response. And I'll give Hausman even more credit. I, I guess I should have played him asking the question. He also said, you having that experience, what is your take from that point of view? And that's a brilliant way to ask that question to Cody. As in, we're going to see a completely not brilliant way to ask a question coming up. Well, and think about this. they Nobody asked Bailey anything remotely close to those kind of questions. Because she's not in that capacity. And right. they know that. Houseman knows that. And if you're going to have be asked by somebody, Houseman's probably a pretty good choice as far as somebody who could ask that question and not push it too far. I think, you know, I think he, I probably think Houseman gave him a, a heads up or knew that he was going to happen, right? Because Cody has a relationship with Sean Ross Sapp as well and, and things of that nature. Oh, and so. he called out, he called him out oh, too. Yeah, for sending him a meme. That was more of a, hey, this guy's my friend call out. Well, I, I yeah. thought Cody was salty at the beginning of that with everybody saying that The Rock, that he wasn't, you know, stories breaking that Hunter had said, hey, look, you're not going to main event WrestleMania after all. And Cody is basically like, you fuckers don't know what you're talking about. But we already know that. So, you know, yeah, so quick, they, they they know what they're talking about. Sort yeah. of quick note about Cody. And, and we've talked about this amongst ourselves in the chair shot chat. It really seems like in these press conferences seem to highlight that, that he is being groomed for an eventual back large, substantial backstage role. Like Absolutely. he would be heir apparent to Hunter when Hunter either moves out or moves on to something else. And, and I think he's an excellent choice because again, his, his answer was so well worded and it really was almost, I wouldn't say a rehearsed corporate answer because it obviously it came from a, as much honesty as he could possibly give on the situation at the time, but it was just very well put together 
Um, he probably, again, Hausman probably gave him a bit of a heads up. Hey, this is coming. So Cody's got a little bit of time to prepare. Um, whereas I think the question for Triple H, which we'll get into in a few more minutes, was probably a little bit more, you know, shot right out of the hip. And he may not have been, I, he was prepared for a question, but maybe not the one that was asked. We're going to, we're going to see that Hunter was not as prepared as Cody because he didn't do what he should. These guys both should have known, you know, right? And it's one is, a, one is a good and one is a not so good. Should we just get into it? Should we, should we get into it? So we go ahead. Cause I've before, got a lot before, of thoughts on this. Part. Before we do though, yeah. arguably, why should Cody have known? He's, no. a, he's a performer. He's not in no. an executive capacity. But so. known, but like he, like as he's getting asked the question, he knows what's going on. He does, and he, he, he get, answered Cody, it the best way possible. Cody doesn't get asked if he knows, though. Cody gets asked, "What is the dark cloud hanging over your head and uh, the the weekend? Uh, I, and what would you do as EVP, having been in that position, moving forward?" Yeah, I just well, I just said that because of the distinction that sure. barely no one came close. No asking her anything about that right but it also goes back to what we've talked about in the chair shot chat if we were able to figure out in our little bubble that they're grooming cody for a bigger role i think the people in that room are well aware that cody is a little deeper inside the corporate inner workings than a lot of the other talent is right i mean and, and to take it a step further in an open forum if this was like you know not so controlled that would have been a pretty uh, dynamic question to ask Bailey as a female. What do you think of this exploitation of an ex-female employee? You know, good luck for Bailey trying well, to answer that. Honestly, on the spot, right? it would have been it would it wouldn't have been that. The best question they could have asked was Bailey. Can you tell us some of your interactions with Vince McMahon over the years? Yeah. I mean, they could have, but, you know, Bailey hopefully would have been smart enough to say, look, I'm not right. going to get into no. any of that shit. <laughs> I think she could look at him and go, ding dong, hello, I'm not answering that question. Yeah. Um, right. Ding dong, <laughs> you're an asshole. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> All right, let's let's uh, let's listen to Triple H here. Um, after he, We're going to get the question as well. I just got to hit the spot here. It should take one second. Slide down the road, and here it comes. Hey, Paul, right here. Uh, John Alba, Fightful. Uh, speaking of the business side of things, uh, it was about a year ago the WWE Board of Directors unanimously opposed Vince's return to the company as executive chair uh, due to the ongoing investigations at the time before ultimately voting him back into power. You, Stephanie, Nick Khan, you were part of that. Uh, what degree of knowledge of the current accusations against him did you guys have at the time, and how does the situation affect WWE's relationship with partners going forward? Yeah, so I'm going to do exactly what you would expect me to do here. Um, look, we just had an amazing week. I, I just said a 10-year, $5 billion Netflix deal. Rock joining our board. We just sold out the Royal Rumble, put 48,000 people in the Tropicana Field. Um, I choose to, to focus on the positive. And yes, there's a negative. Um, but uh, I, I want to focus on that and just keep it to that. All the way in the back. Is there more that you guys are waiting to hear, or was that it? Well, that was one. There was the second question where they ask about the law. Did he read the lawsuit? That's where he gets himself a little bit more, a little bit more trouble there. Let me see if we can catch that. Hi there, Honor. Cameron Hawkins from The Ringer. Um, just a question that was asked earlier to Cody. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Just 
what's being put in place just to make sure that employees feel safe, they don't feel like they're taken advantage of, just what is being done to it's make sure... it got to be the next one then, hey? It's as simple. Well, that's, I know that's, you have, did. What was your reaction to it? I did not. Here you go. Just yeah. a little bit louder, please. Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics. Yes. Uh, did you read the lawsuit that came out this week? And if you did, what was your reaction to it? I did not. I did not. Um, I think Cody mentioned it, that we all found out real time when you were. Um, and that's the truth. Um, I'll, I'll go back to what I said before. It, this, this is an amazing week for us. And I just, at this point, I, I don't even want to get bogged down in the negatives of it. I just want to focus on the positives and where we're going. And we're at the most exciting time of the year for us. Understand what it's like. I feel like we are in the middle of something that. All right. Well, we're going to keep going. What What is the one comment that you had, Dave, that maybe we didn't get there? It was the question you played earlier, the guy from the ringer asking him what, what okay. sort of precautions were going to be put in place. And I don't even remember what he really said about that. All I all I know is that, you know, and, and anybody who's followed me on Twitter knows what I said. And I'm not shying away from what I fucking said either. So um, I called out a bunch of people online for being armchair lawyers. And basically the response is that I was reading so much crap and bullshit about how Hunter's response ignored everything, you know, everything that was being alleged. And my response to that is like, that is not how the legal system works. You don't sit there and in a press conference and answer questions that are essentially cross-examination without an attorney there. And I call people, it's like, you guys wanted to what? Have the trial and conviction of Vince McMahon in a Royal Rumble press conference was really what they were wanting Hunter to do. And that's not appropriate. That's not proper. That's not how it goes. Yes, I think, you know, listening back to that a second time, could he have done things better? Yes. Could he have answered questions more diplomatically? Yes. Did he have to answer anything at all? No. They could have come right out at the beginning of the press conference and said, look, we are not answering anything to deal, to do with the Vince McMahon situation. That is between the lawyers. We've been instructed by our lawyers not to get into that shit with you guys. So if you have questions like that, take them elsewhere because we're not. Now, that's what they should have done. They tried to exercise some sort of um, some sort of transparency, and Tony Khan did the same fucking thing at World's End, and he got himself in a lot of trouble with the way he handled that. And, and this is, as an attorney myself, I just sit there and I say, I applaud you guys for trying to do the right thing and not hide behind attorney-client privilege, or we're just going to avoid the subject entirely. But there's a time and a place for that, and a fucking press conference after an event is not the time or place to try and deal with that thing. And it just, it made him look bad. And it just fueled all these assholes out here to say, well, he should have done this. Yes, Hunter, solve all the problems that have existed in the locker room for the last 10 years in the next five minutes at this press conference. Can you do that? Oh, you can't do that? You're a fucking failure then. It's ridiculous. Rant over. Where's Kenny when I need him? DJ's muted. So I'm going to go real quick here. Um, before this all happened, we asked the question, how should they do it? And I said, you you, you pull these people together that are the so-called media and you tell them, one of you gets to ask this question and that's going to be it. And and that, that would have been better than what happened. The best thing now, in hindsight, thinking back on it, what they should have done was Byron came out to start the whole thing, right? He said, 
We got a few people coming out here. Hunter's coming out last. We'll not be taking any questions on anything Vince McMahon related. But when Hunter comes out, he will give a statement before the press conference starts. And that would have been the easiest yeah. way to control it. You give one statement from your one guy and no one else answers questions on it because we just told you we're not. This is what we're giving you. Yeah, I agree. That would have been the best way to, to handle the situation. And and that, that way you don't get into these awkward situations. And had they done that, yeah, there'd be a, a handful of people bitching about how they were running from the problem, hiding from the problem, how? not wanting to address it. Yeah. And I would just be like, they addressed it. They as, addressed it as well yeah, as they could they, from a legal they standpoint. They addressed it and said, we are not dealing with it. It is for the lawyers. It's for the courts. It's She's filed a fucking lawsuit. You know, I asked him, have you read the lawsuit? And he goes, no. I don't blame him for that. He's, that lawsuit is like fucking 100 pages long. Yeah, I'm going to sit there and read every allegation made against my grandfather or against my father-in-law. The grandfather to my kids. I'm going to read all this shit. You know, it, it just, as a lawyer... Yeah, I have to read that stuff. But even lawyers, we don't skim through every goddamn minutia detail that's in a complaint. It just it just takes forever. You get the gist of it. All right, I get the gist of what she's saying. There's some really sorted details in here. We're going to sort that out at her deposition. You know, it, it just it bugs me as an attorney because it's like anybody who doesn't actually do this for a living, it is really easy to sit behind your keyboard, keyboard warriors out there and think that you know how this should have gone down the best way that this should have gone down and ignore every bit of legal strategy that TKO's attorneys are telling Nick Khan, telling Hunter, telling everybody involved, don't do this. Don't say too much. And I'm sure they were like, shit, he probably said a little bit too much. It's okay. Nothing fatal was done. So it just, yeah, it, it bugs me as an attorney listening to people sit there and say, with your GED, you're going to tell me how they should have fucking handled this thing. It's funny you mentioned keyboard warriors. I'm really sorry, DJ, but the, no, no, I good. think we've all had these kind of experiences in the past. And when we challenge people, we're not, we don't want to physically confront you. We don't want to have a social media battle. You know what? If you want to jump on something like this and have a conversation back and forth, maybe we'll get to the bottom of something. And that's the way we look at this stuff when we go, you know what? Don't be a keyboard warrior. Put your money where your mouth is and have a conversation with somebody. You know, because a lot of these people aren't willing to do that. I've had that in the past on, on, on Twitter. Hey, okay, you know what? I'm done arguing with you here because people from the outside can't tell the difference between, you know, stupid or not because you're dragging me down with you. But if you come on my show and I'll give you your say, I guarantee you we'll walk circles around you, right? I mean, that's the uh, whole thing. And I had, before DJ talks, just, I had one guy challenge How many me times do you think we can jump in front of DJ? It's like 17. And it, just, and it led... It led to a decent debate with the guy who followed me. And we haven't agreed on a lot of stuff, but we respectfully, you know, he's he's like, what the hell are you talking about? That's not what anybody's saying. I said, well, OK, educate me then. What are they saying? He tried to educate me and I fired back. And that was pretty much the end of it. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like, no, that's that's not that's not what I'm. Yeah. He could have answered it more diplomatically. And that's what I said. They should have just said no comment and moved on. Um, now, DJ, I will get out of your way, sir. I will full on fight a motherfucker with this stuff. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Dave no. and I are trying to give a wordsmith their asses, and DJ's like, I'm just going to punch him in the face, okay? Well, let me know when you're yeah, done talking. You let me know when you're done talking. That's a wrestler solution for you, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm a ground and pound uh, type of guy. That's just how I operate. Ten years ago, now, I was with you. A couple thoughts here. Something Dave said earlier about, um, you know, TKO didn't move fast enough. Vince did this on his own. 
Do you not believe for a minute that somebody at TKO didn't lean on him? Because I refuse to believe that in the wake of all this, Vince said, you know what? Maybe it's in the best interest of everybody if I just bow out. They had to drag him out by his ear. I promise you, they probably had a closed door meeting with him and said, look, you need to do the right thing because we've read the um, the stipulations by which Vince could be removed from power. And him resigning was one of them. In nowhere in that did it ever say that the board could forcibly remove him. Incompetency. But, huh? Incompetency. Incompetency or death. Death, yeah. resignation, or incompetency. Yeah. Are the right. Rounds. Um, Vince is probably going to outlive everybody um, unless something ridiculous happens. Um, so I, I fully believe that TKO, the higher-ups, pulled him in an office, closed the door, and said, hey, look, here's the deal, pal. And, you know, you, you look at it, what we're facing. You look at what may end up happening here. This is going to cost... And I hate to talk about it in these terms, but this is how these corporations look at it. This is about to cost us tens of millions, maybe even more dollars. You need to back the fuck up. Think about this as well. The first question that he got asked, did you guys know about the extent of these allegations when you reinstated him? I don't know if they did, but you also have to remember Vince McMahon strong armed his way back onto the board. Stephanie resigning is a big red flag that, yeah, they knew more about it. They did not want him to come back in charge. But Vince said, either you do this or I'm going to pull this ace in my sleeve out and fuck up all this stuff. And I just and, and the, the sale happened so quickly after he got reinstated. So there's a much bigger story here. He got right. reinstated with the idea we're going to sell and get out of this whole thing. And remember what he got when they sold. He was supposedly, oh, he's here for life if he wants to be. We have all the faith in Vince, and that gradually eroded away over the last three, four, five months to the point that Hunter is now the face of everything. But I agree with you, DJ. When this shit came out, they were like, look, you can do this the easy way, or you can do this the hard way. Either resign, or we are going to institute action to declare you incompetent for the bullshit that you have done to this company. Right. Competency means a lot of different things, but I'm sure they had a plan. And people need to remember that as soon as he got back in, he fired key members of the board and replaced them with his own people. Yeah. And, you know, again, that was a political play on his part to keep him in power longer. And there was nothing that anybody else could have done about that. So, you know, to sit here and blame, you know, Vince, Stephanie, Nick for him being put back in, in charge is a little bit myopic. Um, I think people need to look at the broader picture and the broader stroke of what really happened. Uh, Moving into Hunter's um, answer slash non-answer, some of that is on TKO. And like I said, we talked at the beginning of this episode, TKO had to know if you're not going to do what Tunney said and preface the whole thing with a, hey, here's the no-fly zone, here's what you can talk about. If you're not going to do that, you need to prepare your people with a statement and say, look, If these questions are asked, this is what you need to say. And Hunter's out there literally floundering, like floundering. Like he, he, you listen to him and it's very, obviously very uncomfortable. And, you know, Dave, you pointed out the, the, the familial aspect of this. This is his father-in-law. It's the grandfather of his daughters. Okay. Think about the context of what his father-in-law is accused of doing and whom he's accused of doing it to. And, you know, now you want this man to get up here on a press conference when you know his daughters are probably listening and talk about the hideous, horrible things that their grandfather may have done. You know, how are you supposed to, as a man, as a father, and as a business owner, handle that? 
Um, one could argue he didn't handle it well, but one could also argue that he was not given enough. Um, Here's what I like to say at work. When you get in, set yourself up for success, right? So yeah. I don't need to go get this in the middle of this. I don't need to go talk to this person in the middle of that. I get everything together when I'm about to go do something. And he didn't do that. He did not set himself up for success for that press conference. Oh, no, he didn't. He sounded terrible. And, and I hate to dump on him because, again, this is a very not just a this is not just a business problem for him. This is this is something that's going to play out on the family end for him as well, if it hasn't already. I'm not trying to make excuses for him, and I'm not. I'm just trying to throw out a, another fact, though. This guy is less than a half hour from learning that one of his most integral parts of their biggest thing they do every year is no longer going to be available to be a part of it. He literally yeah. just learned that his number, one of his top five players in the entire company, is out for their biggest show of the year. That probably didn't help his mood. No, there were a lot of things that changed overnight for that company, you know, literally overnight. You know, one of their biggest players is out. There's a huge shadow over the whole thing. You know, people are going to ask questions. There's at least reports slash rumors that major investors are now starting to, you know, uh, sponsors are starting to drop out, which, you know, sponsors make wrestling shows happen. Um, so it just within a 48 hour period of time, WWE went from having this wonderful amazing positive week to just being in the in the bowl with somebody getting ready to flush you know so to speak and it, it so i wouldn't want to be in his shoes even with prepared statement i wouldn't want to be in his shoes and i can't say given the broad scope of what he's dealing with both from the business and the personal end i can't honestly say that i would have handled it much better i um I, I don't have anything else to say uh, on it. Do, do we want to take a break and move on to the punk news or Dave or DJ? Did you guys have any last comments you wanted to make here? I think we got into it pretty good. I think we, we picked it apart and kind of got into the nitty gritty there. Only thing that I would add are the people that <clears throat> are comparing Triple H's answers to this situation, to Tony Khan's answers to this Chris Jericho situation is kind of egregious in in the sense that, and I don't want to trivialize what happened potentially happened between Kylie Ray and Chris Jericho. We don't know what happened, but it really, as far as I'm aware, and someone please correct me if I'm wrong, there is no legal proceeding going on with that right now. As far as I know, there's no lawsuit. There's no lawyers. Right. So unfortunately that is a he said, she said situation. Okay. That Tony just avoided like the plague. We are talking about a situation on the hunter's end where lawyers are involved. There's actual documentation. This is going to at least civil court, if not much, much bigger problems for Vince McMahon. So to compare the two, I, and you guys, please, again, correct me if you think I'm wrong or if I'm off base. But I think comparing the two is is complete is very egregious. Um, to this standpoint that yeah you're right there's a actual lawsuit filed in the uh vince mcmahon um situation yeah i i see what you're saying there um they both kind of fumbled their answers at the present uh, tony definitely did and, and tony trying to trying to deal with it a second time only made it worse you know the first time he just 
you know, he did the Tony Khan thing, which is when he's asked about something, he just sidesteps everything to basically make an extended promo about the greatness of AEW. And that's yeah. what he did when he was first asked about that at the world's end. Then he kind of got tried to get a little bit more serious the second time around and it didn't come out much better. So, you know, my thought is, and, and I, <laughs> I said this in a follow-up tweet, I was like, you know, Maybe WWE and AEW need to really seriously think about just scrubbing these post-event conferences because it wasn't until what AEW started doing this shit that we even thought it. They, they, this stuff never happened before. And you look at everything that's gone wrong with these press conferences, with Punk at at uh, the first one, all all out or whatever it was, brawl out, just with an open mic, and because AEW's set up a certain way where they're not nearly as censored as WWE. Open mic, CM Punk, no censor, no restraining bolt. None of that stuff was a bad, bad, bad idea. You saw what happened. And, you know, that's happened multiple times. And now with this situation, and granted, most of these WWE press conferences are very vanilla. Just guys talking about the outcome of thing. No problem there. And you get in a situation like this. And this is going to persist. The longer this lawsuit goes on, they're going to have an elimination chamber press conference. If there's any development at all, you know people are going to get asked about it there. WrestleMania press conference, you know people are going to get talking about shit there. By the time we get to WrestleMania, it's, what, 65 days from now or whatever it is? Something will have happened. Yeah, we're going to be deeper so, into the woods on this. Yeah, so you start to wonder, what is what is the benefit of having And, Tanya, this is for you as well. What is the benefit of these post-event press conferences? Because I'm starting to look at the history of these things. And seriously question, why are we doing this? This is not a real sporting event. No, and, and no matter how much they want to create the illusion that it is, it is not. The more people talk about what you're doing, the better. And that's what these press conferences have done, right? Whether it's good or bad. Do you, do you, think, it, do you think it's it's good? I do. And I, I think it can be better handled in the correct way, right? We, uh, You have all the hindsight in the world now, okay? You've got to know how to move forward. Right. You got it. You got to Hey, we we're going to make the easiest way is what I just said. When Hunter gets out here, he's going to make a statement on it. Everybody else will either say no comment or next question. If you ask something like that, if you're a habitual person that does that and tries to get you, we just won't let you in here anymore. OK, that's 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 really the bottom line. They don't have to be mean about it. They don't have to be rude about it. You know, if you can't mentally have the capacity to accept the fact that it's a legal situation and they're not going to talk about it, then, then, then stay home and yell at your TV. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to try and do this last night, folks. Uh, I, I don't know if it, you would have caught it on the same day or not, but we needed to have our lawyer uh, who, who got caught into some lawyer ease last night that he had to deal with. So we had to have him here and I'm glad we did. And I think we just had a really good conversation about it. Yeah. All I'll say is like, if you really want to get to the bottom of this thing and, and TKO doesn't want to avoid the situation, then March area manuals ass out there and have him address questions. Then you can shut the fuck up. You know, then, then if he ducks it and answers it poorly, then you can bitch and complain. But until then stop. Couldn't have said it better ourselves, uh, DJ. We're going to take a quick commercial break here. You're listening to DWI 414, where we're giving you the 414 on everything that's going on in the tumultuous world of uh, the backstage scenes of WWE. We'll be right back. You're listening to Chair Shot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. 
This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, welcome back. PC Tony, Dave Ungar, the lawyer, and Mr. Mindless Wrestling Podcast himself, the beautifully bearded DJ is with us as well. We're just having a good old time here getting into some of the things that are going on in the world of professional wrestling. And one of the other big things to come just out. Just another quiet Tuesday night. Just right, another Tony? quiet Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, another one of those things. Yeah, you're listening to this on Wednesday morning where you would usually hear the Greg DeMarco show. The Greg DeMarco show will be on the air tomorrow, Thursday morning, followed up by another DWI podcast and... Don't forget Saturday mornings to listen to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. In addition, there will be another Big Four project coming your way soon. Until then, why don't you check out earlier last week when the Swaggies, I believe Saturday, the second part of the Swaggies is out. So uh, Kitty Kill on there, always a good time to listen to Kitty. Gentlemen, CM Punk, boy, I mean, if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. Uh, too bad. And I... I I want to talk less about Punk and more about what this means moving forward because Punk's here to stay. Like, I don't think he ever wants to go anywhere else. I don't think he'll ever not be with WWE as he moves forward. You talk about Cody taking over for Hunter. Punk would love to take over for Sean. Like, Punk is in his world when he's just hanging out with the kids, right? You see all the backstage stuff. He's so good with them. They all love him. He helps them. He worked out with them. He likes to be able to be the person that gives, right? He likes to be the positive person. I think he doesn't like the person he was. That's why we're going to see that continue moving forward. He'll be back. Whether it's SummerSlam or right after, he'll be back. That's the end of it. But now, we talked about possible extra agitation for Hunter at the press conference. Top five player, right? And Brock's not a player at all anymore, right? So now that's gone. Maybe The Rock doesn't want to wrestle this year now. He wants to wrestle next year because he doesn't want to be marred by all this stuff. Because, yeah, guys, like it or not, Rock's going to run for president someday. Um, what What is the – I mean, we're looking for an opponent for Gunther. We're looking for an opponent for Seth Rollins. We're looking for this. We're looking for that. And the more and more I look at it, how do you continue to go through Raw over the summer without CM Punk or Seth Rollins? And I look and go, maybe, maybe Cody Rhodes should be Punk, uh, should be Seth Rollins, and keep the ship afloat over on Raw for the summer. Because if he goes in against Roman, what, what is he going to lose and go back to Raw? All right, I, I, that's a very loaded question I asked, but Punk is out. We'll, we'll go to DJ here. What's the, what's the trickle-down effect? What what do you see? Uh, I see, one, obviously a problem. The top of the card is completely <laughs> wiped out. Um, two, I see opportunity. I see an opportunity for Hunter to look at some of the undercards, some of these lower-tier guys, and see who's got it. Like, this is the time where these people should be stepping up. You know, your, uh, your Damian Priests, for what it's worth, your Finn Balors, you can always rely on Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, obviously these are not CM Punk, um, Seth Rollins level guys, but when you don't have them, you got to go to the next level and these people have to elevate their game. And they've got some people there who have the potential to do that if they, one, give them the opportunity and the time, and two, 
these people take full advantage of that. If we don't get, if we do get Cody and Roman, I think you get Seth in a triple threat with Drew and Jey Uso. Jey Uso's on fucking fire. I know they want Jimmy yeah, and Jay, but Jay, Jay could be the guy to carry that. Yeah, I mean, you're going to keep calling him main event Jay Uso, but put him in the, you know, bottom half of the second hour of your three-hour show. You know, what what are we doing with him? Let, let's, like I said, they've got a lot of players there. They, they have other people. Like, this is, from a roster standpoint, probably the strongest WWE has been, if not the last 50, if not ever, at least in the last 15 years, when you think of the people that can step up and maybe they're not permanent face of the company main event fixtures, but they are people who are certainly capable of going up there for four, six, eight months and, and putting on believable, excellent programming. You know, Drew McIntyre did it during the pandemic. He had an, I, I don't care what anybody says. Drew McIntyre's pandemic run was awesome. And for a downtime in the business, what he was doing was a bright spot during that. Jey Uso is ready. Um, it's the, the possibilities of what they can do right now, while it may not be the dream WrestleMania that we all pictured in our heads, you know, just 72 hours ago, you know, prior to, you know, prior to, to, to the Royal Rumble, you can still have a very excellent WrestleMania. This is this is a creative company with tons of creative juices and creative people running and 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 steering the wheel. Let's let these people create. Um, first about Punk, yeah, you know, I, DJ and I have been squarely in the on the side of like we weren't exactly overjoyed that CM Punk had returned to WWE. But that issue notwithstanding, you know, you got to feel bad for the guy at this point is, is, you know, he was, whether he was going to win that match or not. And I've seen, like, I, I think I saw it in the chat, the chair shot chat, whether people wondering, did they audible Did punk? know he was hurt. Yeah, he was, was supposed me. to win. That was me. Yeah. I, and, and I mean, did they audible in the match? I give Tony his flowers or he's going to cry about it. I, 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 I give Tony all the credit because he may be onto something. I don't know. I don't know. But I know for Punk, you know, that's what, the second time he's torn that tricep um, yeah. in the last three years. So it's it's unfortunate because, yeah, Punk was poised to do something big. Um, yeah, maybe SummerSlam at best, probably more like Survivor Series or something like that before, you know, he, <laughs> he comes back to the place he made his return to it and he's in Survivor Series. Um, yeah, you guys raise up the great point that the top of the card got really decimated. I mean, Brock is... Uh, in all likelihood gone for the foreseeable future, which leaves the question of Gunther. Where does that leave Gunther? Um, I, you know, I, I don't think the fact that Okada didn't show at the rumble necessarily excludes him from the whole situation due to this contract status. I would say the opposite about Mercedes Monet. I think she's obviously AEW bound now or else they would have got her back. So I, I think, you know, you've got that situation, but um, I, I think, yeah, Cody or Seth's promo last night really was interesting to me to listen to him talk to Seth and try to implore to, uh, to Cody, Seth going to Cody, challenge me instead. You know, you don't want, you don't want Roman's title. Roman's title is all bullshit. There's nothing to it. It's all Hollywood. It's all glitz and glam. Nothing to it. You want your dad's title. This is me, the workhorse title. Take me on now. Storyline. <laughs> Seth, of Here's course, the is thinking I got to beat this guy. You know, that sort of thing. Go ahead, Tony. There, 
without the rock, they're actually stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because if you they have are. if you have the rock, then obviously it's easy. Cody goes against Seth. That has his history to it. That's great, right? But now you only have Cody. You don't have Punk, and you might not have Rock. And if you're going to just give Cody to Roman to lose, then why don't you have Cody stay on Raw and carry that brand? But then, but then, look, what do you do with who does Rock face now if he doesn't face Cody? He, all right. Point in case one: Cody is not losing to Roman a second time. So There's who, no fucking but, way. That okay, happens. so let's just say let's just say Cody picks Seth. Who the okay. fuck? Who the fuck is it? Randy back on now again? Uh, it'd have to be Gun- Gunther's the only one I can think of. You know that now that would be give me Gunther versus Roman. I, I'm okay, but does that mean it's title for title? Uh, or does Gunther drop the title ahead of ahead of time? There, and then we have to get Gunther over to SmackDown. Right, and there's just yeah. If it's not The Rock and it's so not Cody, the likely then thing where that I, in the hell does that of, leave Roman? One of the most likely things I heard that it is going to be Cody and he has to be traded. So L.A. Knight comes over to face Gunther, and we get the triple threat between Seth and or Seth and Drew. You get with uh, with I don't know <clears throat> Priest cashing in or something to make it. I don't. Mm. Wow. Yeah. The one thing that I I like but I don't like about WrestleMania season are the twists and the turns. And I, I I like it because no path to WrestleMania should be linear. Like if you tell us on January 30th what the WrestleMania card is going to be, and that's etched in stone. Um, the next two and a half months of TV time are like, okay, what are we doing? Why are we bothering? We already know where we're at. Instead of going on this journey. Because right now, now they're teasing uh, Seth and Cody. If it ends up being Roman and Cody, okay, awesome. But I'm okay with taking the side roads. I'm okay with them teasing one thing and giving me something else. It's I, I don't always like just that straight shot into WrestleMania because I'm just like, okay, we know what's happening. Why should I bother committing to the next 10 weeks of TV time if I know where we're going with this? And like the L.A. Knight scenario, I mean, you're like, Tony, you've been saying that L.A. Knight would be the one to dethrone Logan Paul for the U.S. title, which I still think makes a hell of a lot of sense. So, like, where does that? Yeah. OK. Where does Damian Priest fit in all this whole thing? You know, he's still got that briefcase. It's still sitting there. But it, I mean, it raises this, the elimination chamber now becomes a really, really big event because you're like, they've got to make some sort of decision between now and what is it? February 24th or whatever it is. Um what direction are you going? If Cody takes Seth, then all of a sudden that elimination chamber match is now for the shot at Roman at at WrestleMania, right? I mean, you got to figure that's what's going on. Roman's not going to defend his title in the in the elimination chamber, so he, we know he's not going to Australia. So yeah, where does this whole thing plan? I, I think they had a plan in place. You know, it was going to be Punk was going to win the chamber. He would challenge Seth. He'd get his WrestleMania match. Cody was going to take on uh, Roman rock. We don't know what the plan was there, but now you've got to really press if it, they didn't do that promo with Seth and Cody last night for no reason. There's something going on there. Otherwise it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Well, they, so, did, they did the same thing with Bailey though. They had her come out and almost start to ch- make the challenge and have Nia throw a wrench into that and have the, uh, 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 u
But think about the end of the Rumble. Cody's looking right at Roman after he's won that thing. So there's yeah. no there's no doubt in who he was going to challenge. Seth's job now is to change Cody's mind. Pick me. Take me. Leave him for whatever. And I, I'm here for it, you know, because I think Seth Cody is a – you look at where they were when Cody came back a couple years ago at 30 – what was it, 38. Here we are two years later. The dynamics – yeah, I've seen these guys three times before. You really the dynamics have completely changed now. You really think Cody's beating Roman if they face off at WrestleMania? Absolutely. Do you feel the same way, DJ? Uh... Well, that's not an absolutely, so you do not. No, I, I can't say that I do. I have to remember whose child this is. This is Dusty's kid, and, and Dusty... Two times in back-to-back years did not beat Ric Flair for the championship. He won one of the matches at Starcade, but he did not win the championship in the second match. So, and, and Cody's career has had a lot of parallels with Dusty. And I think some of that's intentional. I think he, in his own way, is trying to, to retell some of Dusty's stories. And I, I respect it, being a big Dusty, growing up a Dusty Rhodes fan, I respect it. Um, it do I think if he wrestles a second time, he'll beat Roman? Yes, at WrestleMania. Would it shock me if they did it again? Not at all. It, look, I'm all in favor of long-term booking. I really am. But that's going to extremes. To have him lose twice, what, for... And what does that do to Cody? You just undercut the shit out of him. Finish the story, wins a Rumble two years in a row, and can't beat Roman. And uh, I think people have gotten to the point where we're sick of Roman. Get the title off of him. I and that's know. a whole discussion for another episode. Well, and I think the whole notion of him passing Hogan is is a red herring at this point. Um, <sighs> you're, but... two, you're two matches away. Two. That's it. Just two matches. He only has to have two more matches. This one at WrestleMania and one at SummerSlam. But, but that's part of the problem. What's the point of it? What What does it matter if he passes Hogan? Uh, it's just another part of the story. So, I mean... This is why they have story, the second. His story's told, though. This you is know? why you have the secondary. This is why you have two world titles right now. Otherwise, why have two world titles in the same company? I, I don't know. I don't sense, believe but... for a minute that we're only in the third inning. Did you guys ever watch basketball? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Roman's Roman's run is now turning into basketball. We're now into like the eleventh month of the postseason. Yeah. Um. Here, so. <laughs> I think if look if they really want to get Roman past that benchmark. Then you get Seth Cody at WrestleMania and you hold Cody. Cody can dethrone Roman at 41, but you got to give Cody something here at 40. I really think you got to give Cody something here at 40. Give him the world heavyweight championship. It's not going to bother Seth. Seth can take some time off, get some rest. That's right. I mean, does it hurt Seth to lose a fourth time to Cody a little bit, but he's had such a tremendous run. And honestly, what Cody wins priest cashes in there's, you know how we end night one. And, and and then we Seth, get Roman Seth is only ever one promo away from recovering his own ball. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's Teflon. What it if, doesn't matter. What if Roman beats Cody and The Rock comes out and we have another year-long storyline challenge where The Rock goes, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna lay it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be blunt here. You're still the champ next year or not? We're fighting at 41. <sighs> What's the point? I don't know. Again, it should have happened, the, happened last year at Hollywood. I'm totally it already. It should have happened last year at Hollywood. Yeah. And, and then, then you could have saved Cody for this year, and either he would have won or lost. And 
but I think DJ's on to, you know, he's very accurate that Roman's reign has gotten to the point where it's tiresome, you know, and it's like, it's not, it's not like the heat that honky tonk, man. It's a different sort of thing so going on you, with him. Do you, uh, do you think it's time to hashtag end Roman's reign? I'm not going to hashtag it, but I think, uh, it's definitely needs to be considered at this point. It's gone. He has exceeded every expectation possible. He has re he's transformed himself. There's a reason why he's the overall wrestler of the year in the swaggies for four out of six of us who were on there. There's a very good reason he is bigger than the business. And does he need that title? Does he have to, when he wrestles rock, does he have to have the universal championship? Probably not. I think he should. I think it means more talking about being the head of the table. Are you truly the head of the table? Are you truly the greatest head of the table at that moment in time? Wrestling the Rock without the world championship. Look, even if he loses to Cody at WrestleMania, no one's saying he can't win that title back at SummerSlam and go on to 41 and face the Rock for the belt there. Doesn't mean the same without the whole streak behind Without it. the whole fight. But the Rock's not beating him. <laughs> so now you're talking now, what, Bruno? Are we really going to go after Bruno's no, record? No, 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 no. Then Dominic cashes in at, uh, at God, the... No. At the passing Hogan celebration, Dominic Mysterio cashes in. He, you guys read the rumors that Dominic Mysterio was supposed to eliminate Brock Lesnar and face him at <laughs> no, and he face, was and, and face him face at an elimination chamber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god! Can you imagine if, if Dominic eliminated Brock, the heat on him would exponentially grow to a supernova proportions. It would just have been obscene. Yeah. Well, and how Dominic is like, you're not strong enough to throw me out of the fucking rumble. How are you going to get Brock? Out I of there? asked the question the other day on social media is WWE purposely telling uh, Dominic not to do curls or sit-ups because it looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the discussion about Roman is very difficult because I absolutely love the guy. Like, yes. you know, I, I, 2015 yes. was a rough year because I was online defending the guy every week. And I think where I'm at with it now is that, We never see him. And whether that's because of his health, whether it's just the contract he worked out or whether he worked the contract out the way he did because of his health. You know, I understand there are reasons why he has a a limited dates in his contract. But as a fan, that bothers me because I want to see the guy. You know, I like seeing him on my TV. And that absence has kind of hurt his overall product, I think. Yes. I don't think so. It takes me back to uh, the late 80s. When you didn't get to see those people all the time, you didn't even on the TV shows. Like and Hogan. I know, like Hogan. I know it's a different time and a different place, right? But yeah, like you yeah, had super. This is before Raw, right? right? I'm talking like superstars and stuff like that. If you know, you didn't Tuesday Night Titans. You didn't always get everybody, right? Right, and, and you only had the big four pay per views, right? So it wasn't. And it wasn't like it is now. With, with all the amount of talent that they have and all the amount of time they have to tell these stories why are we restricting ourselves with rosters on brands why can't it just be a tv show and what you get that night is what you get it's like a soap opera it's like a soap opera that's the face of that roster right and that's why the face of that roster he's non-existent half the time but he he could still be existent by being on one show every three weeks right and he is always there He's always in your mind when Heyman's there and when Jimmy's there and when Solo's there. You know what I mean? I like it. I think it it makes it more meaningful when he's there. 
And I think they have enough talent around him to fill the time when he's not. I will say this, because I know, you know, you want to maybe move on to something else. But sometimes as podcasters, and we're not wrestling journalists, and, you know, we're wrestling analysts is what I call us. And I think sometimes because we look at this stuff differently, we look at it more analytically, we get lost in our own weeds sort of thing. Sometimes the answer is very obvious, and it's the obvious answer that you should go through. There's a reason Cody won the Rumble two years in a row, because he's going to dethrone Roman. Now, granted, that's not a very creative sort of solution, but it might just be something that obvious and we're just overthinking it. And, you know, like my co-host says, sometimes a banana is just a banana. Right. I guess the one question I got to bring bananas into this. DJ. I mean, really, what did they ever do to you? I guess the one question I did ask with all these things needing to be filled is if Roman is taking time off after WrestleMania, you will need somebody then on SmackDown as well, even though you've lost Cody now on Raw and Seth and Punk. Time for some people to step up. Time for Chad Gable to step up. Well, you've also got, um, here's the other possibility. Braun Breaker challenging Gunther. That might be where they're going because he obviously took Brock's place in the Rumble. Breaker versus Gunther for the IC title at WrestleMania. Take my, well, they're already taking my money, but take it again because I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. If you're going, if you want to do the biggest thing you can do, and Cody comes out Friday on SmackDown and says, I'm officially challenging Roman Reigns, and now it's set, and they're running with that, then on Monday, have Gunther come out and say, I talked to Adam Pierce, and the only way that I can challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania is to relinquish my Intercontinental Championship, and it will be up for grabs in an elimination chamber in Perth. And now I'm officially the number one contender. That way, at least, someone didn't beat Gunther. He gets the rub off of that. But whoever wins this gets this prestigious title and earned it in one of the most gruesome matches that you can earn it in right now. I don't know what else to do there. Because who I, else? Who, I mean, like, what? Drew McIntyre? I, I mean, Jay's fighting Jimmy? You trade Cody this. for Randy? I'm, Randy versus Seth? Sorry. I love the idea and hate it at the same time. Right. If that I makes do, sense. I do too. I do too, right. Dave. I really do. Yeah. I, it's like, yes, I want to see the IC title defended in the elimination chamber, but man, somebody has got to take that belt off Gunther I or know. it doesn't I know. because he is a, if he wasn't the longest reigning IC champ, I'd say, yeah, relinquish it, challenge Seth, go on to mania and do that. But God, you've all, unless, unless he wants to put it on the line in the elimination chamber and he gets beat there. Then I'm like, okay, now you've accomplished both of your objectives. You've transferred the title. Gunther loses. As long as he takes the fall, even in that kind of a match, then I'm like, okay. All right, I got that works. I got your guy for Raw for, for a limited time basis to win at WrestleMania. Triple threat. Seth versus Drew. Sammy wins the title. Oh. Gets cashed in on by Damian Priest the Monday Night Raw afterwards during his celebration. Ho, 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 ho. There's some heat. There's some more love for Sammy to chase back and forth all summer. Okay, I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. And Sammy got a big pop on on uh, Sunday. Could you at number 30, no less. Sammy winning the title at... Saturday. At, at Saturday. Mania? Sorry, I'm being Gunther. It was soon Sunday. No, Saturday, bud. Rumble was Saturday. Yes, it was. 
Well, I mean, unless you're, yeah, Gunther. I mean, in Austria, it was Sunday. Yeah. He he did a great flip-flop on that. Oh, 2 a.m. Austrian time. Sunday. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay, he must have nice been listening to Pot is War. We played Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting by Elton John to start that one. Any last thoughts, guys? I think we covered a whole bunch of stuff here. This has been a really good show and a very fun, like, deep dive into who we are as wrestling fans, I think, as well. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting four months. I mean, yeah, who does Bailey pick? Um, <laughs> who goes Who goes against Rhea? I mean, or does Becky – I got to figure Becky's going to somehow get that. But, um, but, shit, you look at Jade Cargill's performance, I think they want to do Jade Bianca at WrestleMania. I do, too. She was who eliminated her, right? No, it was uh, Bailey eliminated Stratton and Bianca. Yeah, because Stratton was holding on to no, her. No, Bianca and... eliminated Jade. No, no Liv Bailey did. Bailey did. No, Liv did. You're right. Liv, Liv did. did. She did the uh, the Oblivion on the outside of the Oh, that's right. The apron. That's right. Yep, my bad. My bad. My bad. But uh, Bianca, but Bianca and Jade had a showdown in the ring. Did they? Not? Yes. They had, okay. a, they had a stare down that got interrupted, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think or or they had them team up against. Give me Bianca and Jade versus uh, Kabuki Warriors for the oh, women's tag dude. titles. Holy shit. And then you can have that breakup feud, too. I think, oh, man, I was really drunk during Royal Rumble. I think I actually tweeted something like that. Anyway. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> this has been a good time. Um, DJ, let everybody know what's going on with you before we get out of here. Uh, this week on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, uh, Audio snafus notwithstanding, um, we're going to be talking the Royal Rumble. We're going to break it down. We're going to break down the whole event, give you the highs, the lows, what we liked, what we hated. Uh, that'll be Saturday on the Chairshot Radio Network, as well as all your podcasting platforms. If you're so inclined and you want to follow me on the app formerly known as Twitter, that's at the Mindless Pod. We're also on Facebook and YouTube. Just look for the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Dave? Oh, you can find me on that oh-so-sweet, cookie-crunchy platform known as Twix at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression and Instagram and threads at Attitude of Aggression, all one word. There you go. Yeah, don't forget about ChairShot Radio Network. Like DJ said, all your favorite uh, streaming platforms. The ChairShot.com sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. We got you covered. And, of course, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot pick up a chair shot t-shirt makes a great gift as well you can follow me at pc tunny don't forget tune into this show once again friday mindless saturday big four coming at you soon Chairshot.com. Always use your head.